grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join a conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Whoa! Hey guys! <laughs> it played by itself again! I gotta figure out what those settings are. If there's one, I have like four or five versions of that, and so I guess that's not the proper version. Sucks to be me. Anyway, welcome, welcome. My name is Charlotte. I'm the host of the California Haunts Radio. I am going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. I'm going to push my buttons here. Uh, we're 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal issue or you think you might have a paranormal issue, we can get to you. Uh, it may take us a while. California is this huge estate, but uh, we will get to you. And if we can't get to you right away, we have uh, psychics on staff, mediums on staff. I call them psychics. They'll throw things at me. Mediums on staff who can call and, and assess your situation and maybe in some, in some cases calm things down before we get out there. Okay. If, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited. And for people that haven't seen the show before, you're in for a treat today. I am a journalist and... Um, I don't like to cover the same types of stuff all the time. Uh, you know, as far as parent, I love paranormal. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've had my team for a long, long time, almost 25, 30 years. But the key here is that I, I'm a journalist, so I like to mix it up. And today's one of those days when I'm mixing it up and we're going to be talking about heart disease and what might be causing a lot of heart disease. So um, my guest tonight, um, D D my guest tonight, Douglas Mulhall, is going to be talking about that. He has, a bio, he has a biochem company that is working on helping people with heart disease. So we're looking forward. I'm looking forward to talking to him. If you are watching from Facebook, and uh, one of my pages on Facebook, because there's a lot of California haunts over on Facebook, plus my personal page. Uh, if you're watching from Facebook and you like what you hear today, please be sure to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. Um, plus, if, if you also like what you hear on Facebook, please hit those thumbs up and the hearts and all that stuff. And the smileys because that moves us up in the algorithms and uh by moving up that means more people get to see the, the show okay also uh same thing goes for uh youtube we have on our youtube page at uh, youtube.com forward slash at california haunts radio and if you're watching from there and you like what you hear today well there's 570 excuse me oops pardon never eat before a show there's uh, more than 571 videos sitting over on youtube and again, it's all different topics. So if you peruse all those videos, you're going to find something that really interests you. I, I, I guarantee it. And also, if you haven't, you know, if you like what you hear today, please be sure to hit, again, the like buttons and just, you know, thumbs up and help us with that algorithm. And if you haven't done so and you're new to watching the show, please be sure to um, subscribe. There's that little ghost in the bottom right hand corner. And that's our mascot, and you click on him, and the subscribe button comes up. And what that offers you is um, the ability to be informed or alerted when new shows come out or new shows are ready to come out. Because I, I run Sunday through um, Friday, and I usually set the shows up on Saturday night, and so you'll get an early preview on when the shows are going to be out. And speaking of early previews, we also have a Patreon page, and uh, I do a lot of pre-records, and those pre-records, you know, sometimes will wait two weeks before they even air over on the main California Haunts channel, while I have an offer for over on my 
over on the Patreon page where you guys can see it early, a week to two weeks before anybody else does. And that's one of the benefits, the perks of the Patreon page. The Patreon page. Also, uh, guests like Nancy Matz and, and others, or like the gentleman tonight, may want to go over there and do an extra hour of, of Q&A with you. And that's one of the benefits as well. Or maybe Nancy Matz will go over there and do readings over there for you, you know, more more in-depth readings than what she can do here on the air. So that's the benefit of the Patreon page, and I and I encourage you to go over to go check it out. Okay. All right. So my guest tonight is Douglas Mulhall, Mulhall and like I said, he is a biochemist. Uh, he he has a bio, he, he owns a biochemical. Ah, it's one of those days. He owns a, biochem, a biochemical company, and uh, he has a lot to say about heart about heart disease. I, I have congestive heart failure. And uh, I'm, I'm a 10 year, a 10 or 11 year survivor of congestive heart failure. So I'm doing pretty good. So uh, well, I'm going to call him up. It's going to be a telephone interview and uh, we'll just take it from there. Okay. All right. Here we go. Let me get him on the phone and uh, bear with me while I get the audio set up so that it's all balanced. Gotta love this stuff, right? So we're going to call. I need some dialing music. Hi, this is Charlotte with California Haunts Radio. Hi, Charlotte. How are you doing, sir? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How's the weather out where you're at? Today, the weather is pretty nice. The sun is intermittently out, and um, I'm going to go for a swim. Oh, man, I'm jealous. Well, I know. Well, it's, it's it's warmer here, but I mean, not like my pool's not ready, so I just get to hang out in the house today. Anyway, tell me about you, sir. Uh, what would you like to know? Your background, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, um, I am uh, in relationship to this. I'm co-founder of a uh, biomedical company called. Elastrin Therapeutics, which is uh, the first company in the world uh, with a therapy that systematically uh, reverses the damage to the elastic fiber uh, throughout your arteries. Hmm. That's um, the company's been going for about uh, three years, and uh, we're going to be entering uh, clinical trials in about uh, 18 months. Um, as well, I've spent the past three decades uh, working on uh, co-developing healthy products and environments and using and co-developing an award-winning methodology that is recognized by the US EPA as one of the leading methodologies for evaluating and developing healthy products. Um, a couple of other hats I wear is uh, I am a serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. uh, I was the uh, co-founder and first CEO of the largest national television network in Ukraine uh, in the 1990s, and it has it has now become the largest uh, uh, TV and radio network in in Ukraine, still broadcasting 20 years later. Fantastic. So you have quite the background. Well, uh, that betrays how long I've been around. 
right now this is fine no problem okay this is fine so let's talk about heart disease because you know i'm a 10-year survivor of congestive heart failure and i still to this day don't know what triggered it but i think it was this combination of, of like if you were talking about stress i think it's a combination of stress and just the lifestyle i had you know because as a newspaper reporter i was always on the run and then i had a stressful situation at home so tell me about heart disease and Okay. Uh, just let me ask you a stupid question first. Are we recording yet? Yes. We're good. Ah. I can do editing. Okay. It's not Very a problem. I, I can edit stuff out. Oh, that's fine. I just I just wasn't sure. Normally, they tell they say I'm hitting the record button. <laughs> I forgot. I'm sorry. It's been one of those mornings. No, no, that's fine. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's quite all right. Okay. So, um, first of all, let me say why people should be listening this particular uh, show, this okay. interview. I want to give you a concrete example of this. Uh, and I just want to give a, a, a personal story of, of, of someone who I know. His name is uh, Peter Bartelli. And uh, he used to be a long-haul commercial pilot, United uh, Airlines and, and Continental. Mm -hmm. And about four years before his retirement, he flunked his FAA stress test. And he was told that he had a blocked stent uh, that had been put into his artery uh, several years previous, and that there was really no way around fixing it to the point where he could fly again, uh, because if they put in more stents, uh, he would uh, exceed the FAA um, regulations for that type of uh, condition, mm -hmm. and so no matter what he did, uh, he wasn't going to fly again, and they and they grounded him. And so, I mean, how many times have you heard this story? You know, someone loses the love of their life, which is, you know, in this case, his work is flying, mm -hmm. and and is told now, you know, that that's over with. You know, try something else. Well, Peter didn't accept that, and he changed cardiologists. And the cardiologist that he went to. Uh, was actually quite a conservative cardiologist uh, based in, in Florida. Uh, he was the vice president of the, uh, of the state uh, American Heart Association mm -hmm. organization. And he said, well, Peter, I want you to do two things. I want you to change your diet, and I want you to try what at the time was an experimental uh, nutraceutical combination, a food supplement combination. Um that um, I have done a study on and seems to be working for my uh, patient. Mm -hmm. So Peter said, okay, you know, I got nothing to lose. Several months later, after following this cardiologist's advice, uh, Peter passed his FAA stress test with flying colors to the extent that uh, the FAA doctors thought that the original links, uh, had something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And the result of that was that Peter Bartelli flew for 10 more years until he voluntarily retired. So this is an example of, that is happening all around America and all over the world where people are being 
told by the, the standard care approach that there's nothing more that can be uh, done for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they dig a little deeper and take a new approach, uh, they can get uh, results. And uh, this is not an isolated incident. Uh, in, in, again, in Florida, at Mount Sinai uh, Medical Center uh, in Miami Beach, uh, the head of cardiology, who is also the head of cardiology at Columbia University, mm -hmm. Dr. Herbastio Lamas, um, had just conducted a 10-year clinical trial of infusions uh, for heart patients who had one heart attack already. It was called the, uh, the, the TACT trials, the Trial to Assess Chelation Therapy. And uh, this trial, uh, he had started to disprove uh, chelation therapy. Uh, he thought it didn't work, and he wanted to get rid of it once for all, get rid of this nonsense. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he, he convinced the National Institutes of, the Institutes of Health to fund a $35 million clinical trial using this approach. Well, no one was more surprised than him 10 years later when the results came out that uh, these trials reduced all-cause mortality to diabetic heart patients by wow. 42%, which wow. is astonishing for uh, for any for any drug company to get that result. That is huge. So uh, this was published in uh, the Journal of the American Heart Association and many other journals, and that was in 2017. And as a result of that, uh, Dr. Lamas had uh, 10 patients who were peripheral artery disease patients, which is uh, a disease where the uh, circulation in your, your legs gets cut off uh, mm -hmm. uh, by uh, heart disease. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were facing imminent amputation of their feet. Uh, their feet had turned black. Their toes had turned black. Mm -hmm. They had gangrene on their toes. And 25% um, of people who go through these amputations, and there are 200,000 of them every year in North America, die in the first year. And 50% die within the first five years. That's what these, these patients were facing. Well, with 10 years of clinical trial evidence behind him, Dr. Lamas decided to try this with his peripheral artery disease patients. Of the seven patients, seven out of seven patients who completed mm -hmm. uh, the regimen, uh, 40 weeks later, they were all walking around on pink feet. And as Dr. Lamas puts it, in two shoes, not one. So this had never been done before. Uh, there had been never a record of reversing peripheral artery disease where the patient was facing imminent amputation. Mm -hmm. It was an absolutely remarkable result. That is why I wrote this book. Because people don't know about this, and we're still cutting off 200,000 feet a year in North America alone, and another 200,000 feet, uh, feet in Europe. What is wrong with this picture? Wow. Incre that's incredible. So, uh, like uh, I, I realize that doesn't fully answer your question, but right. this might. Right. Um, why did they get better? Why did they get better when, you know, under standard therapies, uh, they don't? Mm -hmm. Well, standard therapies aren't all that bad, you know. They, they do target a lot of the symptoms of the, the, the classic uh, factors that are used to score your heart disease. Right. So, it's not like they're useless, but they don't target a couple of very important, what I call, hidden stresses. And one of those is something called heavy metals. Now, heavy metals are called uh, heavy because they're five times heavier than water. Don't tell me why they use that measure, uh, but uh, that's, that's why they're used. And they include 
lead, cadmium, chromium, gadolinium, which is the stuff that's used in the most of our electronics, mm -hmm. and uh, a, a bunch of other uh, rare earth metals. Okay, so when Dr. Lamas did these clinical trials, uh, he measured the heavy metals coming out of patients, both at a baseline, which is the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, then after the first infusion, then after 40 weeks. The results were astonishing. Um, 6,000 percent baseline, some of these heavy metals were above baseline coming out of the, the, the urine in these patients. So this infusion was pulling out these heavy metals out of the patient's tissue and they were peeing it out. Uh, as they peed it out, they got better. And so this was really uh, the smoking gun. This mm -hmm. was what really showed that uh, uh, the years and years and years of evidence that demonstrated that heavy metals provoke heart disease, this was shown in reverse. It was shown that patients get better when you get rid of the heavy metals. An astonishing result again. Uh, and another reason why I wrote the book, because these heavy metals are not on the list of standard heart disease risk factors that are used to measure you as you go through life. Mm -hmm. And this explains why, for example, people end up with congestive heart failure and other heart conditions when they don't show up as risks on that scale. Mm -hmm. Wow. Isn't there uh, metals in water, too? Ah, you make a very good point, and I'm glad you brought it up. These metals have been with us ever since Homo sapiens started walking the earth. They are in our water, they are in our soil, uh, and uh, they occur naturally. Uh, human beings have concentrated them a lot more in uh, uh, effluent, in uh, you know, uh, uh, pesticides in agriculture, uh, all sorts of industrial activities. But the fact is that people have been dying from heart disease for, uh, for uh, eons. Mm -hmm. And, for example, Egyptian mummies and Ice Age uh, people who were found frozen in uh, the glaciers, the receding glaciers, have all been found to have white lines tracing where their arteries were. Those white lines are calcification. That's hardening of the arteries. These people had heart disease at a young age. This is not new. Now, interestingly enough, uh, the smoke in fires that uh, were used to uh, you know, provide heat and light in those days, as well as uh, the crops that people were growing in those days, uh, all contained heavy metals. Uh, grain crops are very good at uptaking heavy metals from the soil. That's <laughs> luck would have it. Uh, so, yes, we've, we've been having this issue of this buildup of these heavy metals in our bodies uh, ever since, uh, you know, we began having uh, fires and uh, agriculture. So this is nothing, uh, this is nothing new. I was just, you know, while you were talking about all that stuff, I was thinking about chemtrails, too. You know, assuming there are chemtrails, because, you know, the rumors with those is, is, is they're dropping metals on us, too. And uh, keep in mind, the metals aren't the only thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if you start going down the list of hidden stresses, which is what the book is all about, mm -hmm. uh, you come to stealth infections or uh, hidden infections, low-grade infections that aren't detected by standard diagnostics. And this is the other thing I want to emphasize because people ask the question, well, if this is so obvious, why haven't we been doing something about it? Well, the reason that we haven't been doing something about it is you don't find what you're not looking for. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And uh, with both low-grade infections and heavy metals, we haven't been looking for them. Uh, so the result is that our diagnostics are not designed to find them. Uh, when you do a heavy metals panel in your blood test, uh, you know, they'll show up as within reference. Well, mm -hmm. the reason for that is because the metals are in your tissue. They're not in your blood. Okay. So the, the majority of the metals that are there inside you aren't going to show up on your blood test. So the tests need to be changed. And uh, there are tests that, that can uh, do that. It's the same with low-grade infections. So an example would be the stuff that gives you bad breath and ruins your gum. Mm -hmm. Gingivitis. Well, gingivitis has been associated uh, with the uh, chronic inflammation that leads to heart disease. So has uh, the low-grade infection that uh, triggers uh, stomach ulcers, which is called Helicobacter pylori. It has also been linked to the low-grade inflammation that triggers heart disease. None of these are tested for or recognized in the standard risk factors for heart disease. And, and and I guess the, when we talk low, low grade stuff too, it could be anything. I mean, it could be IBS, you know, where there's an effect from that. I mean, it could be just even infections that people just overlook, right? Well, that actually, uh, if you want to see it on steroids, look at COVID. Because the vast majority of people who were hospitalized and died from COVID had heart conditions. Because why? Because they had low grade inflammation. Mm -hmm. And that inflammation turned into an inflammation storm when the COVID-19 virus attacked the linings in their arteries and heart. Mm -hmm. And so this is proof positive that these types of infections can have very nasty effects on you. And like I say, COVID was low-grade infection on steroids because mm -hmm. it wasn't low-grade. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. This is all really... Now, imagine, okay. imagine if we were able to control and get rid of this low-grade infection, what would have happened when COVID came along and mm -hmm. didn't have that low-grade infection to feed on? We don't know the answer to that, but we do know that COVID feeds on low-grade infection. This is true. This is true. So did they come up with this thing? How do they get that stuff out of you? Or how, or how is it processed out? Uh, to this circulation. Uh, 
Uh, one of them is a product that's been on the market for 20 years. It's called Nanovac TX, and it's made by a company called nanobiotechpharma.com. I'm not paid to promote their products. I can mm-hmm. just tell you that I've, uh, I've interviewed the doctors and patients, the cardiologists that are using it. They say it works. They say it's effective. And um, so there are these different there are these different methods and products out there. And uh, the reason I emphasize that there are many of them is because there's many choices. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like promoting one miracle cure because none of these are cures. Let's be clear about that. The, the cure to heart disease is going to come along when we learn how to stop the body from turning against itself mm-hmm. when you have these injuries. That is going to involve some but what these therapies is that they limit and reverse the damage. And that is the next best thing that is not usually covered by standard therapies. So not a cure, but able to reverse the damage, and that keeps you going a lot better than you can with just standard therapies. The other thing I want to emphasize is that some of these therapies are used alongside standard therapies mm-hmm. so that they have synergistic effects as well. Uh, now, on the infection, uh, nanobacteria, for example, is targeted at nanoscale infections. Uh, so, uh, and but the infection one is um, a lot less that explored. You know, there's uh, there's there's a lot less experience with what happens when you reduce this total infection load for multiple low-grade infections. It, it's an underexplored area. So when you go in to see your cardiologist and, you know, and, and you might be a candidate, you know, you might be on your way to heart disease or you've already got heart disease. What do you ask him to look at then? Is there, like you say, is there a separate blood test for this stuff or, or because you see it's in the tissues. So what kind of testing would that you entail? Right. Well, first thing is be clear. I'm not a physician, so I'm not giving anyone okay. medical advice. Okay. But if I was going into uh, my cardiologist, First thing I would say is, are you ready to keep an open eye? <laughs> because, uh, and this is what I cover in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of presuppositions that are carried around by cardiologists, not because they're bad people, but because that's the way they're trained. Right. And their training does not include my training. My training is in the uh, effects of our environment on our health. And uh, cardiologists will tell you that they don't take hardly any training in the epigenetic impacts of environment on cardiovascular health. It's just, it's just not in their training. So, of course, uh, you know, they're, 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 a lot of them are reluctant to go after that because they, mm-hmm. they just don't have the expertise in the area. So the first thing I would say, I would ask is, are you ready to keep an open mind on this? And are you ready to look at what some other cardiologists are already doing, including guys like Carvacio Lamas um, and uh, Jim Roberts in Ohio uh, and other cardiologists, uh, you know, around the country, Joe Lacan out of Michigan. Uh, these cardiologists are all working on, on these types of approaches. And if they say no, well, you know where you're at. But if they say yes, okay, you go to step two. Mm-hmm. And basically step two is uh, hand them the book. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's one reason why I wrote the book. It's, it's not written; it's it's written for 
for uh, uh, you know people who are not professional uh, physicians, right. not professional scientists. But it takes that science, it describes it in plain terms, but it has 700 scientific references that cardiologists can go and look at themselves. Well, I get what you mean about hopefully getting an open-minded cardiologist. The first one that I had was very open-minded. And when, you know, when, when she told me, well, you have to go on a certain diet, I said, well, I would like to, I would like to try some different things. And she says, well, br bring the books into me. Let me see what they are before you do it. So I think she would have been a great candidate for this. You know, I don't know about the guy I have now, but I think she would have been great. Um, how long does it take to go from the testing stage on something like this to being put out in the public? this is available in the public right now every single mm -hmm. thing that i've talked about there's a whole bunch of other therapies that are coming down the pipe mm -hmm. um, including therapies that repair the elastic in your arteries that are now in clinical trial wow. and that's what the book covers it's called you know what's coming down the pipe right um so there's what's available today and one thing i want to emphasize um people look at these therapies and they say gee you know that looks expensive if it's not covered by my insurance well the problem with insurance is that a lot of patients don't fully comprehend or, or don't fully appreciate until it's too late uh, the hidden costs that are not covered by insurance, mm -hmm. including uh, the cost of uh, equipment, uh, at-home health, uh, transportation, uh, all kinds of things that uh, you know are not covered. And by the time it's all added up, plus your copay provision, which is often substantial, you end up with a very substantial bill. So when you start, and by the way, reason I'm saying this is because um, uh, a, an economic analysis was done mm -hmm. by Dr. Lama's group uh, by comparison, and they found that the therapy that they're working with uh, reduces costs by 30 to 70 percent, I believe, mm -hmm. approximately, mm -hmm. uh, over these, uh, these uh, conventional uh, therapies. So it's the affordability factor becomes quite important, and it's quite important to understand how to calculate that affordability factor, and you need to factor in your own copay provision and things that aren't covered by insurance. Well, it's, um, how, I mean, like, how, how cost, I mean, what's the cost for something like this? Because you say, you know, the insurance might, might not cover the cost on this stuff. So what are we looking at cost-wise for something like this? Right. Uh, there's no instant answer to that. It varies quite widely. For example, with chelation therapy, you can go anywhere from, $150 per session to $500 per session, depending on what you're getting, uh, where you are, uh, how expensive your doctor is, et cetera, et cetera. And that uh, is, the, the, I'm just going by what the published information is on the tax clinical trials. Mm -hmm. And that was done once a week for 40 weeks. So you can do the math. Uh, and, uh, you know, that might seem expensive, but I can tell you that the one uninsured ambulance visit will cover that whole thing real fast. Right, right. Uh, uh, you know, especially if you're out on holiday. So, um, and as both uh, Dr. Lamas and uh, Gary Mazzo, who invented the nanobacteria formula, say, it's cheaper than being dead. Absolutely. Uh, there's, a famous, there's a famous cartoon uh, uh, in the New Yorker, you know, where uh, the, the doctor says to his... Uh, his, his uh, executive patient, what suits your uh, busy schedule better, exercising an hour a day or being dead 24 hours a day? So, <laughs> uh, and, you know, you have to pay attention to that when you're talking about a relative cost because it, it, most cardiologists will tell you 
that currently, although it's changing, the standard therapies don't prevent or stop progression of heart disease. They just okay. slow it down. Mm-hmm. And these therapies are reversing the damage. Uh, now, uh, then you get to the orals, and orals can run anywhere between 150 to $200 uh, a month for 6 to 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's less expensive. Right. Uh, so, you know, it really, it, it, it depends on, and also keep in mind, these are combined with dietary approaches, plant-based diets. Uh, I'll just give an example. Caldwell Esselstyn, Jr., uh, whose very famous book, you know, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, is still on the bestseller list after many, many years. I have a lot of respect for him. I, I cover him in the book. Uh, he's very heavy on uh, the plant-based diet approach, as is Joel Cotton. Um, and, you know, many of these uh, cardiologists have, have, have published uh, dietary books that, that should be taken into account uh, along with these therapies. Uh, and that type of dietary approach does not have to be expensive. Um, you know, I'm on a plant-based diet. I don't spend uh, any more, and I probably spend less uh, than people who are on a, uh, you know, uh, an animal-based uh, uh, diet. Mm-hmm. So cost is really not a factor when you're talking about uh, these types of nutritional uh, approaches. So when you take the whole package together, it's pretty competitive with right. conventional therapy. Well, it's actually more than, more than competitive. Well, really, I mean, I used to pay out of pocket when I first um, had got was diagnosed. I used to pay out of pocket for my echoes, you know, when I'd have to go in. And really, we were, I, was, we were, I was paying like anywhere from three to five hundred per echo. So, I mean, it, 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 it's actually in line with that. So that's not bad. Yeah, and also uh, there are uh, cheaper alternatives now. For example, uh, what's known as uh, the CIMT, which is a handheld ultrasound device. Uh, it's uh, basically uh, the uh, carotid intima media thickness test. The carotid artery is the one that runs up your neck. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just take a handheld ultrasound device and run it down your neck. It's painless. It has uh, you know, no effect on you whatsoever. And in five minutes, they can see the thickness of your artery walls and if wow. there's any uh, buildup of plaque or calcification. And these uh, machines have gotten really good. And uh, they can run you anywhere from 100 to $200 for that test. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a test that's uh, often you know, worth having. I've had it. Uh, several times, and um, I've I've seen you know comparable results over uh, over time. So that's an example of things, and sometimes that is covered by insurance. The CIMT test is is more and more uh, being covered by by medical insurance. It's amazing how far they've come, you know, with with this stuff. Since you know, since I was diagnosed, even you know, I've done tests yeah. that I didn't even know they would yeah. do. Um, yeah, no, you're right. You're mm-hmm. right, and and. Ground is changing. It's not to say standard therapies are static. Right. They're moving in this direction, and there's, that's nothing but good news. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I had no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Apologize. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that uh, there's a completely different kind of therapy um, that isn't therapeutic at all, and that is the places where we spend 85% of our lives. Indoors. Mm-hmm. When people talk about the environment, they always think about the outside and Mother Nature. Well, guess what? Most of us spend more than 80% of our lives indoors. These are human-made environments. They contain all kinds of stuff that we breathe. They can they control 
our air quality, and they can either be heart disease factories or they can be heart disease therapies, depending on the quality of the building that you're living in. And that you can have an impact on. And that's one of my specialties. I've spent the past 30 years working on building uh, healthy building environments uh, that are measurably improving uh, air quality and reducing these harmful particulates that contain these heavy metals that we're all breathing mm -hmm. uh, every day. So this is an angle that most people don't even think about when they think about heart disease. But in fact, uh, the studies show that uh, contaminated air quality is a leading cause of premature death. So it's very, very important. What is and that's it? something that people can, can have an impact on in their own life. So there's a lot of things that people can do. Mm -hmm. they, can, they, can, they can change their own diet. They can improve the air quality in the places where they, uh, where they live. This is all at people's hands. And again, I emphasize this is medical advice. I'm just saying that the information is out there. It's in the book. You just need to read it. But isn't it true that, I mean, like our, our age group, we grew up with, with all that lead-based paint and all that stuff. So, I mean, we've been breathing that in this whole time. And, I mean, is it our group that has more heart disease than, than the younger set? Or, or is it the opposite? Or is it just pretty uh, much even? Good point. It starts from the day you're born. So, uh, you know, children have uh, who've died at a young age for other reasons. Mm -hmm. The autopsies have shown they have fatty streaks in the walls of their arteries. It's wow. the beginning of heart disease. Right. It starts very young. This, this, this immune response that turns your body against you, this chronic inflammatory response uh, to all of these environmental factors, it starts from, from even before you're born. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is to minimize those types of hidden uh, stresses. You're never going to get rid of them. And by the way, stress can be a good thing. It can be healthy. It can make you stronger. So it's not like stress is always a negative thing. Mm -hmm. So you want to you know, maximize the good stress, minimize the bad stress. And answering your question directly, this starts right from the beginning. So anyone uh, who's a millennial or Gen Y or Gen Z right now, I can tell you, you're not immune. Uh, get with the program and pay attention. And also, all those generations have one thing in common. Their parents are getting very expensively sick and old, and a lot of them have got to be supported by their kids. Mm -hmm. So uh, those kids have a real vested economic interest in making sure that their parents stay healthy. So it's not just them, but it's also the economic benefits. In Japan, for example, this is the number one cause of economic hardship. Younger generation having to support their parents. And the other question I had for you was, um, it, is it very hard to, to, to talk to doctors about this? Or like you say, just go in and, you know, ask them about it to, and take the book in and show them? Uh, it goes right across the spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, it depends entirely on the individual physician. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. So I would not, I certainly would not try and paint anyone with a brush. Uh, it's up to... You know, the patient and their doctor to figure this out together. Uh, the only thing is to make sure that they have uh, information that's, uh, that's available uh, to them. What I do do is I spend a lot of time in the book talking about 
uh, prejudice and bias. And again, this is something that Dr. Lamas has brought up and, and also Gary Mazzot has brought up, that bias in medicine is a huge issue. Um, we call it the tomato effect. <laughs> um, because for a very simple reason, uh, for two centuries uh, in the colonial United States and after independence, no one grew and ate tomatoes because someone got the bright idea somewhere along the line that tomatoes come from the deadly nightshade plant, therefore you would die if you ate them. Now, uh, all, you know, all these people were coming from Europe where people have been growing tomatoes for quite some time and right. eating them. And in Peru, they've been eating them for 2,000 years, but never mind. Someone got the idea in the colonies that this was poisonous stuff. Uh, and the fake news made it through for 200 years. No one ate these tomatoes until one day in Salem, New Jersey, an enterprising farmer and merchant walked into the town square and ate a bushel load of tomatoes in front of the local media and lo and behold didn't get sick and didn't die and that was the end of it and that's why it's called the tomato effect and that term is not coined by me it was coined by the lancet medical journal in 1984. very interesting it it is used to describe why physicians don't use therapies that are proven Work. It's called the tomato. I've heard of that tomato thing. My other thing yeah. I was thinking is that when you do go in to see your physician or your or your cardiologist, it always helps to have the information in hand or have really done your research on it before you talk with them because they they may not be aware of it. Yeah, because why? Because they are uh, they're, they're they're they are uh, time deficient. You know. I mean, they're so busy seeing patients, they don't have time to do research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they try and pay attention. They try and take their training courses. They're overloaded. COVID has driven everyone through the floor. And they just don't have a chance. So, yes, it is largely up to the patient to help to provide this type of information and then ask their physician's opinion. Because, you know, when you were talking about, like, these, 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 these low-grade infections and stuff, I mean, there's times when you go to the doctor and, you know, you've only got maybe five minutes with your doctor, if that, you know, to see him. And, okay, what, what are you coming in for? Blah, blah, you know, blah, blah. And that's it. And you may have these other infections that you think, well, it's not really that bad, so I'm not going to go over that. I'm just going to forget about that and just concentrate on, on whatever's really, you know, bothering me at this point. And maybe yeah, patients... Yeah, so take the five minutes to hand on the book and say... I'll be back in a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't do that if you're really, you know, if, you're, if you've got a big problem. Right. But, uh, you know, that's, that's one way to handle it. So let's talk about, um, you know, the calcium in, in, in the arteries and stuff. How does that start to build up? And what, and what causes the buildup on that? Uh, another good question. So um, I have an earlier book out called The Calcium Bomb. It was published 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And it talks about exactly this. So uh, calcification is, in fact, largely responsible for hardening of the arteries. Calcification is the buildup of calcium phosphate uh, in first in the walls of your arteries and then uh, in in the plaque that uh, that populates uh, your arteries. One or the other, or or both. There's a big argument over which comes first. But the question is, what triggers it? Well, it turns out that what triggers it um, is um, 
walls of your arteries. When this elastic is damaged, as it frequently is by a whole range of things, heavy metals, infections, mm -hmm. even the speed of your blood cells bumping along uh, the lining of your arteries has uh, constantly is constantly injuring the artery, and the artery is constantly repairing itself. But as you get older, uh, it gets it gets more and more problematic as you get uh, these buildups. So what happens is the elastic has uh, a shielding around it to protect it. When that shielding gets knocked off, there's a protein in the elastic that sends out a call for help. It 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 provokes an inflammation, an inflammation response, an inflammatory response. And so uh, your genes trigger this inflammatory response and send uh, numbers of cells out there that have this inflammatory uh, 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 gene, and they send it off to clean up the damage so that the stuff can be repaired and, and new tissue can be built. Unfortunately, in the case of heavy metals and stealth infections, when the body can't get rid of it, you get into a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. And so you have this cycle of injury, uh, inflammation, injury, inflammation. And guess what happens when the cycle becomes chronic? The next step is the body tries to wall it off mm -hmm. because inflammation didn't work. Well, what does it use to wall it off? A nice, solid concrete substance called calcium phosphate. That is calcification. And mm -hmm. so it makes perfect sense when you think about it. And, and, Calcification can be very useful. If you have a, you know, an injury, I'll just give you an example. When I was skiing one day, I, I, I closed my earlobe, and uh, I ended up with a lump in it. And about seven months later, I was fiddling with my ear, and this big lump came out in my hand. Wow. You know, uh, uh, and and uh, it was calcified. Well, body had calcified all around uh, the, uh, the, the dead tissue and popped it out. And... Um, this is called a, a very productive use of calcification. Mm -hmm. And after that, then your body decalcifies around that area once it's gotten rid of the problem. But when it's chronic, it doesn't go away. So to be clear, calcification can be beneficial uh, with injuries, but the chronic calcification is another beast uh, entirely. So uh, then you get back to, okay, how do you get rid of this calcification? Mm -hmm. And... Some of these clinical studies have shown that uh, some of these oral chelators, for example, have been effective uh, in uh, reducing the calcium scores uh, in patients. So you've got this combination going on. You're getting rid of heavy metals. You're reducing the calcification. It's, a, it's, a, it's an integrated approach uh, to the whole thing. And there's some indication that uh, dietary regimes can also uh, stop that uh, that uh, vicious uh, cycle because they're reducing the inflammatory uh, response. And I hope what I'm being clear on here is there's a whole range of uh, uh, therapies, and that's why I, I wrote the book was mm -hmm. to, to so people could become familiar with what might work for them for their personal situation. That is that is called personalized medicine, and it's up to the patient and their doctor to work that out. So um, they've done the studies on what. You know, or he's done it as a small sample study. So where does it go next? Does it have to go to the FDA or anything like that for, for approval, or are these things already on the market? Well, you're right. You're right on with the questions today, uh, even though we haven't rehearsed them. <laughs> so yes, um, there was a second study after the first 
trials you assess chelation therapy, which was done with 1,700 patients, of which about 600 were, were diabetic heart patients. Mm -hmm. The diabetic results were so compelling that the NIH financed another $30 million study called TAX-2, and its results are due at the end of this year. So everyone is waiting with bated breath to see what happens uh, with, the, with the second clinical trial. The FDA has said, you know, depending on the results of that study, uh, they'll look at the possibility of designating uh, this therapy for that type of approach, but it's entirely subject to those results. And it might be limited to uh, the application for diabetic uh, patients. So that's an example. Okay. So people, but, but people can still go into their doctors and ask about this, right? Even though it's not yes. officially approved. Uh, chelation therapy is practiced across the United States, but okay. I'd like to emphasize there's different types of chelation. Eh? This particular type of chelation was done according to what's known as the ACAM protocol. Uh, uh, the, um, I'm sorry, it skips my mind right now. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll come back to that. But uh, it's a national uh, protocol for chelation, and it involves not just using EDTA, but it includes vitamins and uh, some supplements. Uh, so it's a very specific uh, type of chelation. You'll hear lots of people saying, ah, this chelation stuff, you know, it's awful, it's toxic. Mm -hmm. uh, people got sick because of it. Yeah, that was true. 25 years ago, when they started having experience with it, uh, some people died uh, because, guess what? Uh, their doctors uh, overdosed them. Uh, and guess what? 300,000 people a year around the world are dying from being overdosed with prescription therapies. This is nothing new. Mm -hmm. And they don't take those therapies off the market because of that. So, yes, you have to apply it uh, correctly, and it is applied correctly by um, authorized uh, physicians with these uh, protocols. So be very, very careful about using this term, chelation therapy. It's used as a paintbrush to, you know, paint all of uh, these approaches, and that's really not an accurate uh, portrayal. Where do you hope to see all this going? Um, I see this as a bridge to the ultimate personalized medicine, uh, which is where we're going. We're, we're going to medicine being uh, basically tailored to the uh, individual. And these new therapies that are coming down the pipe, for example, uh, the elastin repair therapies that are mm -hmm. being done by Dr. Uh, Professor Vivahari and uh, Professor Charles Rice at Clemson University. Um, these are these are going to transform the way that we approach uh, heart disease. Uh, beyond that are uh, you know genetic uh, therapies that uh, could alter our 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 genetic response uh, to these injuries. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a long way off uh, to get it perfected. The problem with genetics uh, with uh, gene editing is. It's not reversible, whereas epigenetics, which is turning your genes on and off, that's a different story, and that's also a topic of a different interview probably. But uh, uh, a lot of the therapies that I'm talking about today have epigenetic effects because they, they, their, their reduction of inflammation uh, causes your genes to, to turn off the genes that are, are triggering this inflammation. That's an epigenetic effect. So... It's, it's, you can turn that gene on and off. You can't do that uh, with uh, gene editing as effectively because it's permanent in mm -hmm. most cases. Mm -hmm. So that's where I hope to see it going. 
epigenetic effects where we can turn these genes on and off, personalized uh, medicine, and ultimately uh, ending up like the bowhead whale and some species of shark that live 350 years. If smart animals like this, the bowhead whale has an intelligence uh, that is equal to ours. They just don't have hands. They have the same brain uh, to body weight uh, ratio. They live to be 250 to 350 years. There's no reason why we can't. Absolutely, absolutely. And like you said earlier, kind, kind, kind of digressing back, diet has a lot to do with it as well. I mean, when you talk about going like onto a non-meat diet, because the people think right away, oh my God, it, it's, it's vegan. Are, are there differences in, in like vegan diets? Yeah, of course there are. Uh, and by the way, you can get very sick uh, by going vegan and eating all of the wrong uh, types of foods, you know, too many fats, mm -hmm. too many vegetable oils, uh, all that stuff. So being vegan is no guarantee of being healthy. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to be, you know, very careful. A plant-based diet has to be planned carefully. Having said that, I will also add that my wife and colleague is a fantastic plant-based uh, chef, and I have never missed one second of animal-based food. I'm also not religious about it. I have the mm -hmm. occasional fish once or twice a month. Right. So, you know, uh, it's not a political thing with me, although I might add it's the best thing you can do for the planet in terms of uh, if you believe uh, in uh, climate change, uh, this is one of the best ways to reduce climate change because uh, growing animals is one of the largest contributors, point source contributors to uh, climate change uh, gases. Mm -hmm. uh, there are those people who don't believe in it at all. And to them, I say, try it anyways. <laughs> it's better for you. <laughs> Well, I did it when I, when I was first diagnosed. I, I I did that, and I felt a hell of a lot better than I did eating meat, you know, diet. So, um, yeah, I can testify to that. Um, I was just going to ask you. See, it, it slipped away from me. I'm getting senile in my old age. Well, and while you're being while you're busy being senile, I just want to say uh, the website is calcify.com. It's www.calcify.com, and the name of the book is discovering the nature of longevity. Uh, it uh, was uh, introduced recently and uh, opened up at uh, the number one bestseller uh, in seven Amazon categories. So it's generating a lot of interest and you can get it at amazon.com. And how long did it take you to write the book? Well, uh, The Calcium Bomb was published in 2005. And I've been doing added research ever since then. So this has been this has been a, a long haul. Uh, and so uh, the act of writing started about five years ago. Okay. Okay. A lot of research. And I just want to add again, it's written in plain language, uh -huh. but it's supported by more than 700 scientific references, and it has an introduction by one of America's leading cardiologists. Okay. So my next question is... I, I correct myself. It has a foreword. So here's my my last question for you today is you're in Las Vegas, you're standing on the strip, and there's other guys that have books similar to yours. What makes your book stand out? The thing that makes this book stand out is identifying these hidden stresses. There's there's a lot of books that um, 
uh, like I said, a lot of the diet books that will help you to reduce the, your burden. But this actually identifies the science behind what these hidden stresses actually are, especially with a focus on these heavy metals and these low-grade infections and how total stress load is actually uh, being calculated by some of these more advanced approaches. You won't see that very often, and especially uh, you won't see these three things. Number one, virtually none of these books written for lay audiences uh, focuses on elastin. Uh, hardly anybody's heard of it. Mm -hmm. Number two, hardly any of these books focus on the largest space in your body, which is the space between your cells. Mm -hmm. It's called the extracellular matrix. It's another kind of matrix. And this extracellular matrix has recently been named the 80th organ in your body, and it's the biggest one. No one is writing about this, and that's where all the action is happening. Mm -hmm. With all of this inflammation and all of this damage to elastin, it's in, it's in between the cells. It's not in the cells themselves. So that's the second thing that you won't see uh, in these other books. The third thing that you won't see in these other books is how trillions of tiny blobs, nanometer-sized blobs, are actually running your body's daily business. These blobs are about one hundredth to one thousandth the size of a cell. They're created by cells. And they contain information packages that are instructed by cells to run your body at a distance. And so all of these things that I just mentioned, uh, you will hardly see at all in any other uh, book. You'll see them in academic books, mm -hmm. but you won't see them in books written for the ordinary reader. Absolutely wonderful. One more question is, um, what what's next for you? Uh, more of the same. We've just started on this, mm -hmm. and uh, we need to get the message out there. We need millions of people to listen to programs like yours, and I can only encourage people to, uh, you know, listen to your program and then listen to it again, and to tell their friends, uh, because word of mouth is by far the most important replicator uh, on this. So uh, that's that's what I hope to do is to continue doing what you and I are doing here today. Okay, well, thank you so much, and I really appreciate you coming on, sir. Well, you've done the world a great favor, and I want to thank you for having uh, the advanced uh, thinking and uh, having the courtesy to bring me on the show. Absolutely, and hopefully uh, we'll get you on later on down the line, too. That would be wonderful. Okay, well, thank you so much, sir, and I will go ahead and now show your website contact information on it, you know, before the show ends and all that. So, so people can see where to get your books and visit your websites. Great. Do you know when the show might air? Next week. Probably on Thursday. Fantastic. Okay. All right, sir. Next week, Thursday. Yes. All right. All right. Thank Talk you, you sir. Later. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Okay. Well, that was very interesting. And like I said, I have congestive heart failure, so that show is near and dear to my heart. So I'm going to start asking about this stuff, you know. Um, you know, I think it comes down to two, and I, I believe in diet. I really do. I, I have been kind of off my diet, you know, lately. We all fall off the wagon. But I, I believe in diet because I, I can tell you it was miraculous when I did get off my my original diet that I was on and then started eating a lot more healthier. 
the big difference in how I felt and the weight I lost and took off and all that. So that has a lot to do with it. But if they can find something like this, and I'm not, I'm no doctor. I'm just a heart patient that's been, you know. And uh, if they can find something like this to help prevent heart failure and heart issues and blood pressure problems, fantastic. You know, that's something that we direly need because, you know, who knows what, what what's in our food? Who knows what's what, what, what we're breathing in? Like he said, and uh, yeah, I mean, for years we've been breathing in garbage. Okay. I mean, that's, that, that, that's a given. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I really appreciate every, each and every one of you who watched the show and who listened to the show over, over the RSS feed. <laughs> kind of like today. Um, but uh, I do appreciate you all. So again, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. Uh, again, we're equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. And if you're watching from Facebook and you like what you see and you're on one of our California Haunts pages or even my personal page, click that follow button. Always looking for followers and, and, and show me some love. You know, get that thumbs up going or the heart or the, or the, or the smiley face or, or whatever there is up there to click on. And if you're on YouTube, same thing. You know, if you haven't subscribed yet and you like what you see tonight, please be sure to subscribe because we're always looking for subscribers and uh, tell your friends, tell, tell, tell your friends about the show, you know, cause there's all kinds of stuff. Hey, there's this cool show out there out of California, you know, it's, it's a little show, but uh, it's a good show. Okay. Anyway, I want to thank you all again. And as you can see that ticker is running along the bottom and that's because California haunts is a nonprofit and uh, all Everything you see here comes out of my pocket and anything but the paranormal group comes out of my pocket. So if something breaks, I have to pay for it out of pocket. I'm just paying bills like everybody else for internet and all those expenses. If you could find it in your heart to help me out a little bit, that would be great to keep the show on the air. You can do that at PayPal, <laughs> paypal.me at California Haunts, or you can do that at Venmo and just look up California Haunts. Anyway, I want to thank you and have a great rest of your evening. Let me get it in the right spot. Have a good one. Oh, first I'm going to show you his info. See, I almost forgot. Jeez. One of those days. Here we go. Okay, his websites are ourmolecularfuture.com and calcify.com. And the books are um, Discovering Discovering Nature's Longevity and Our Molecular Future. And the dog. <laughs> and we've got the calcium bomb and heart disease. Is it cured? And those are available at Amazon.com. And the dog wanted to be on the air today. So that's kind of cool. Okay. I want to, th again, thank you guys. And I will see you tomorrow. Have a great one.